This show is brought to you by Practical Herbalist Press, herbal books for today's practical herbalist. Find their books on Amazon.com today. One of the joys of herbalism is the diverse way we incorporate their goodness into our lives. Sage biscuits may not sound like medicine, but they sure are. Today we're talking with Lita Hermans of Hunter Mile Bakery about creative herbal baking and cooking. Now here are your hosts, Candice Hunter and Sucier Lupe. I'm Candice Hunter. And I'm Sucier Lupe. And welcome to, to Real Herbalism, Herbalism Radio. Radio. <laughs> Hi, Lita. Welcome. Hi. Welcome back. Thanks. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you here because I love the herbs you have hanging in your uh, rafters Aww. at the bakery. Like every fall, I look forward to seeing those. So Aww. they change up all the time. They're not plastic mm. herbs hanging out there. No, no right. they actually change. Actual herbs. <laughs> and the okay. sage biscuits. I wasn't getting about those. It's <laughs> good stuff. Thank you. So that's one of your favorites, I understand. Sage. Sage is, sage is, a, is a plant that we can all get along with. It's good in soup. It's good in baked goods. It definitely goes Stuffing. a long way. Yeah. Stuffing. Yeah. <laughs> is that something you have at your shop? You, you sell stuffing? Yeah, tomorrow I'll have it. Really? Sure. <laughs> okay. If we, if we sure, talk about okay. anything long enough, I somehow yeah, it ends up on the menu. That's the way it works. You bring it up to me, get it planted in the brain, and then. Suddenly. Winter squash. Cut in half, stuffed. I, mean, I don't see why this wouldn't work. Lined, yeah. lined with sage. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and a little bit of black or brown sugar or some other similar oh, no treat. Brown, no brown sugar. Yeah, no Sorry. brown sugar. Honey, but, but honey mm-hmm. would do it. Yeah. And, and, why, and why no brown sugar again? Oh, no brown sugar because we don't use any kind of granulated sugar at the bakery because of our 100-mile designation. Yeah. Your 100-mile designation being you won't buy... Hardly anything unless it's within 100 unless miles. Unless it comes of your from bakery. within 100 miles, with the exception of salt and leavening. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, all right. So, you, unless you open a salt mine in your backyard. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, salt might be something that we will have a solution for pretty quickly with Jacobs and sea salt growing. As oh, a business. sea salt. Okay. I was thinking like little dwarves yeah. or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, Mm-hmm. Sure. Sea salt. Yeah, sure. That's what Lewis and Clark I would, did. I would yeah. Oh, yeah. You have yeah, to have seven, though. Mm-hmm. I understand they come so. in seven. They need friends. So. They need seven. Yeah. And that yeah. makes them happy. Yeah. Kind of like a flock. Yeah. You guys do a wonderful job of using a lot of local herbs, actually, in your baked goods and your soups and well, everything. It's, it's amazing how, how much herbs can, aff- can affect baked goods so mm-hmm. you know you you have a regular shortbread and then you have a lavender shortbread and even though they're almost identical it, you know mm-hmm. if you were to say the recipe look at the recipes they're almost identical except for that addition of small the piece of very small amount makes a huge yeah. difference and when you don't have the regular kinds of spices to work with like i don't use black pepper right mm. yeah because that doesn't look very local use then yeah. Well, actually, I have um, a really lovely lady named Polly who has a company called Polly's Pure Peppers. That's adorable. Nice. Yeah, That's she's cute. adorable. I'll tell you, just, just get, yeah, they're great. They grow their own peppers, smoke them, dry them, and then grind them up. They make a product that they put out to the local market called Helldust. It's delicious. <laughs> so it's, it's hot peppers, though. That's she's chili peppers. Pepper peppers. tree but, peppers. But when I told her that I needed something 
not spicy just mm-hmm. to have as a as a that gentle warming earthy flavor that yeah. black pepper offers exactly yeah. a little kick she yeah. made me what we call purgatory dust okay <laughs> so it's on the way to hell but not nearly don't take past through yeah right, right. yeah good, it's good. got a kick mm-hmm. yeah, it's got a kick uh, so that's what we use instead of the black pepper. So it's a good solution. like bell pepper or some one of her hotter Lots peppers. Of different kinds of sweet peppers. Mm-hmm. Roasted or dried. Roasted or... and then dried and then ground. Wow. All on her property. And it kind of tastes nice. like black pepper. No, it's, it doesn't, she says with her face. It's similar. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, 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 it's what we have. Okay. So if you get used to it. It's definitely a lovely addition to mashed potatoes or quiche, mm-hmm. right. you know, things that you would sprinkle black pepper on in the first place. Mm-hmm. Huh. Interesting. Do you have them at like at the table? Is we that do. What you have? Yeah. So it's yeah. just yeah. a little piece of purgatory. Throw, you can sprinkle it on. Your sea, sea salt. Yeah. Do you want purgatory? Do you want to you just go full force with hell? Oh, right. You know? Which I'm one? I'm going to go all the way, the man. <laughs> you know I'm going all the way. You're going. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. You're a pepperhead. <laughs> Wow. So what other kinds of herbs are, I mean, it changes seasonally. It changes seasonally and we're always kind of playing around and experimenting. Uh, I'm thinking about the things that I have hanging up in the rafters right now. Um, So still in the rafters, I've got dill and we did get a lot of dill from Organic Redneck uh, local farm Mm -hmm. this year. Uh, Some of the herbs hanging up right now, I grew myself. And there's actually um, some bundles that have incidental herbs in them. What's so, that mean? <laughs> so, like, uh, mint, drying. mint that I picked uh, in my friend's yard that had horsetail growing in it, too. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. And, so, and so we make a lot of mint tea in the summertime, just mm-hmm. fresh mint tea. Nice, yeah. And so sometimes I'll just throw that horsetail in there. Yeah, it's actually well. a really good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an excellent addition. So that's one example. And then sometimes we'll mix it up with and throw a little uh, lemon balm in too. Lemon balm's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. really nice in the summertime. Mm-hmm. But those are great mm-hmm. fresh herbs. But they're but they're hanging up in my rafters right now <laughs> as well. Yeah. Another really fun one that we experimented with, I got a farmer to try out stevia. Yes. Growing yeah. stevia. Nice. And Which is normally a Central American or South American herb, but it is. Yeah. I have grown it here. I grew it. It was a nice hot summer. Yeah. Yeah. So it did. And I got really it over well. winter. Oh, don't tell my farmer. I okay. Killed All right. this plant. Oh. Well, not everybody Oops. can do that. I know. I, I understand that. <laughs> yeah, sometimes getting things to overwinter is a challenge. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can overwinter artichokes pretty good, but they never make it in your yard. No, yeah. I can't oh. do it in my So it, it could be the microclimate, too, yeah. that you manage to get the stevia to survive. Right. I don't That's know. awesome. Yes. Yeah. I, I'll try harder. Try harder. (laughs) Yes. Well, you use herbs too that are not like we don't think of them as herbs, but they are like the blueberries, the huckleberries, you know, the choke berries, choke berries that you called something aronia, aronia, which Mm -hmm. is their genus name. Yep. Yeah. So you're using aronia or choke berries. How are you using those? Well, they're they're quite bitter and quite tart mixed in with a blueberry. They pull out all of the, like, you know, you might 
you might hear people say they don't like a blueberry because it's just too sweet. Too sweet. Mm -hmm. So you yeah. put a few aronia berries in a blueberry pie and then suddenly it's amazing. Mm. Um, I found that a lot of the native berries have a lot of tartness, a lot of sourness. Mm -hmm. And when uh, I have been confronted with the fact that I haven't had a lemon source up until mm. last month. Oh, oh right. Nice. Lemon ever. does not grow here. Lemon doesn't Oregon. grow here. It actually works to start thinking about the sourness of foods, of berries, of rhubarb. How how can I put that into the recipe and without just putting lemon. vinegar on it? Yeah. Right, 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 right. right. So mm -hmm. so that's been fun. And where a lot of these berries, I think, were kind of forgotten because they were bitter or they were sour, and that's mm -hmm. not our palate anymore. Right. Um, I'm kind of bringing them in. So like um, this year, I did Oregon grape slaw. Get some information for us about this. Oregon okay. grape slaw. Yeah. So I like just coleslaw. Like coleslaw. So that so must have been orange. That? How'd you do that? I just or, I just squeezed <laughs> I just squeezed it. Hopefully I Oh use the berry. Use the, yeah. use the berry. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. What, what did that you think like she was delicious. doing? Huh? It was really what, what did you think she was I, using? I think in the root. Oh. That's why I was freaked oh. out. I was like, wood chips. <laughs> what a delicious treat. <laughs> okay. Well, these vegetarians do all kinds of things. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Tastes like bitter wood chips. Well, you know, this, this is really just a reason for me to experiment on the population of Springfield. Pay me to do it. Come on, try no, this. So you... Slaw, wait, like coleslaw, but with berries. I squeezed the juice, and that was the. It was part Over of the cabbage? dressing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That sounds like that'd be really good. It was delicious. It sounds like it would be, yeah. Mm. So you know, that's that's kind of the fun we're having. It's just yeah, trying it out. Um, and we talked about mushrooms earlier, but not exactly an herb, but also medicinal i've used using, mushrooms i mean i've dry, taken dried mm -hmm. mushrooms and ground them up and used them like an herb i mean and they mm -hmm. have a lot of texture yeah yeah so yeah. you can you know you can texturize something that mm -hmm. didn't, didn't maybe was thinner before yeah right like soups are really soups and stews yes. bulk up really nicely and if you use it at least in my house if i use it in powdered form my son doesn't really mind huh? He doesn't like the texture oh, of, well, yeah. yeah, but he's like, the flavor's okay. It's just, I don't like the way it feels in my mouth. So I'm like, okay, I'll grind it up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it worked. Mm -hmm. Very cool. That's a good idea. Yeah. And it adds a nice flavor to different things, mushrooms, and they're just really healthy. Mushrooms are just really healthy for you. All, even just I, the anti-cancer properties in the. I in think the they're mirror. amazing. Yeah. I really do. And I'm a, I'm a huge truffle head too mm. i think they're absolutely amazing and just we have some really nice truffles we can get right oregon, out of oregon yeah oregon incredible oregon. amazing truffles. incredible so yeah. do you go to the truffle festival that's here that's i think it was in eugene last year i do yes. yeah for a few years i organized the marketplace there nice. oh yeah. fancy yeah. 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 Oh, nice. It was, it was it was very fun it's a it's a great foodie Sunday afternoon event. $20 mm -hmm. gets you in the door. You can taste all of these things made with truffles. Mm. Not just, you know, experimenting in your kitchen, but you yeah. can walk into this. Right, yeah. Experimenting in your kitchen's a little daunting because you spent so much money for this tiny so little truffle. Things. And you're like, okay, the only thing I can do with this is make butter. 
because yep. I don't have any other ideas and I'm afraid to shred it or do anything with it because it costs me so much. Right. And I know I like the butter. But <laughs> with but honestly, the travel festival, you can just go and explore. There's cheese, there's breads and cook and sweet things, chocolates. Yeah, I know. I've heard of truffle mm-hmm. chocolate. I haven't tried it yet, but it sounds tasty. Mm. It's delicious. So that's kind of expensive. Are you using that in your bakery? Well, one of the cool things about sourcing locally is that you develop relationships with your vendors throughout mm-hmm. the years. And even though, yes, sometimes it's expensive, if you are with are your vendors in a partnership situation and you have taken the the middleman out of the picture mm-hmm. and it is a conversation every time between you and this person supplying you, you develop a relationship and there's a lot of understanding that happens there between me and my farmers and my wild crafters and, mm-hmm. and, you know, even my employees who bring in herbs from their garden mm-hmm. that you can, you know, you can make money at the end of the day and you can also do other things. You can explore, mm-hmm. you can educate, you can win a friend, you can mm-hmm. win a future business connection. Mm-hmm. There's so much you can do with what you propagate. Mm-hmm. And so I do feel very lucky. Um, going back to mushroom suppliers, I go through Mycological and I also go through the mushroomery, uh, who's a vendor at Sprout on the farmer's market mm-hmm. days on Friday afternoons. Uh, I feel like their prices are amazing. Mm-hmm. I I feel great about what I get. Now it's time for a Real Herbalism Radio sponsor break. The Practical Herbalist Press, that's in addition to our website and our podcast. That is right. Practical Herbalist Press is all about providing really good books and information by written by experienced herbalists. Us. Us, but others <laughs> eventually as yes, well. Yes, that's very true. And it's bite-sized information that we research the heck out of. We have medical information out there that we're really doing a lot of research on. We are we have growing gardening with herbs. We got stuff for about pets, your yes. home, your family, ethnobotany. Ethnobotany. Mm-hmm. We also put it in terms of the traditional ways we've talked about historic, herbs, like yeah. historic, mm-hmm. whether they're warm and cooling, that right. sort of thing. Mythical and very practical stuff. The Practical Herbalist Press is dedicated to providing the best herbal related books on the market. Look for our titles on Amazon, search for the Practical Herbalist Press, or visit our website at practicalherbalistpress.com. Now, back to the show. So that's one of the criticisms of the locavore movement is it is not a a price saver. And at least it wasn't a couple of years ago when I was first starting, you know, just having having something grow in such a small amount makes it expensive. Well, what I have to say about that is um, running my business for two years, I am spending the same amount that a nice restaurant would spend um, per plate mm-hmm. on food. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I am blowing the budget on my on my food cost. And the reason for that is that, okay, sometimes I have to pay $1.50 a pound for winter squash, mm-hmm. but at the end of the year that supplier comes back to me and they say, I still have 500 pounds of winter squash. What are we going to do? And I say, well, I'm going to use you for my pumpkin pies and we're going to get you out from underneath this situation. And I'm going to make a lot of pumpkin pies and it's going to be amazing. Good, Yeah. Mm -hmm. So So you're saying you have the long view. Yeah. And the relationships 
you know, so, so the dollar 50 a pound here and the 50 cents a pound here mm-hmm. ends up being a dollar a pound, which is a very reasonable rate, which mm-hmm. if you go order mm-hmm. squash through OGC or organically grown company, which is a rather large, but local company, uh-huh. you're going to pay at least that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go through somewhere like Emerald produce, you're going to pay really close to that for a non-organic mm-hmm. yeah. product coming from maybe Washington, maybe California. If you go through Cisco, you're going to pay probably something a little bit smaller. It won't be organic. You won't be able to source it back to where it came from. Um, and it's probably not going to be as good of a product. Right. So, mm-hmm. you so do your local relationships end up helping you in making the choices that you make for which herbs you're going to be incorporating in the various foods and the, like the foods you're going to put on your menu. Absolutely. And so up until now, I'm two years in business and up until just recently, it's been what I've been able to find, what I have right. been able to forage <laughs> for vendors. <laughs> and the coolest thing is happening. And I am so thankful of it is as we get known as a business, people are coming to me and they're just saying, we'll grow this for you. Or we have grown this and we, you know, we will be able to supply you with this. And so that's mm-hmm. what happened with lemons. Yeah. Last month, somebody exciting. contacted yeah. me and the people that contacted me were peace seedlings out of Corvallis. Mm-hmm. Peace seedlings. Peace. Peace seedlings. Peace as in world peace that's it yes. okay not yeah. world peace like in a blender right, right. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. that's still a lame joke that was an awesome <laughs> joke i thought it was funny i laughed <laughs> um, so meeting these guys has opened up a whole new world for me because sitting on my counter at home is a collection of food seeds that i have not used in the bakery as of yet, Ooh, including seeds? like what, like what, including sesame seeds, ah. caraway seeds, oh, and what they call bread poppy seeds, bread poppy ah. seeds. I know about those. Yum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and then, then it, I mean, there's so many other types of beans mm-hmm. I've never grown, but I am looking forward to experimenting with that. They've been growing for years and years, and they've been a company nice. for 25 years growing these more exotic items in Corvallis. I didn't know about it. We didn't know about each other until just a few right. weeks ago. Huh. And so now meeting them, it's opened up my whole world. Uh, I aspire to be a farmer. Sure. And so this is going to be uh, what I focus my farming and my gardening intent yeah. on for this coming year are these exotics that you maybe thought you couldn't access. Yeah. And maybe right. I'll have to grow them myself for a year or two just to see right. what it needs to, to be kept and then right. go from there. But really, excited. that's exciting. Yeah. yeah. So you just keep going deeper down the rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have lemons so i can have lemons yeah yeah but now i know how to use rhubarb as a you know as a sour additive as well right so hopefully it won't get too easy on me but oh no 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 you have a business it'll never be too easy don't worry don't worry what's what would you say is the most unusual food item or maybe questionable like like uh wood chips that or orange or something that something you didn't, you didn't think before Gosh, was going to yeah. be something that'll be in a baked good or a savory 
there's so many things we kind of throw out there to see if anybody's paying attention. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So many things. Um, And we start out by just offering a few at a time to see if, if people will bite, you know, if they're interested, like I'm interested. Exactly. Um, The nettle pesto we've been rocking has been really popular. It's not too, too weird and out there, but Mm -hmm. yeah. They understand nettles and they understand pesto and you put it together and they're easy. Yeah. Well, nettles, the flavor of nettles is often compared to that of basil. So it's not a, I mean, I don't personally necessarily always see that comparison, but I understand that that's for many people. That seems like a recipe of nettle pesto on our site, as Mm -hmm. a matter of fact. It's Mm -hmm. a fun one. I would have to think about chickweed pesto. Also good. That would be really good. Yes, all of these things, please. I have to really think about the weirdest because I don't think about the weird anymore, right? Yeah, I don't don't think about what happens to people. What has been your? (laughs) (laughs) It's all all normal now. It's all normal. That's awesome. It's true. What's your biggest challenge? I guess that you didn't think would be a challenge. Uh, well, running a bakery and not serving chocolate oh, yeah. is the challenge. You know, I never thought of that. But you know what? I didn't I miss it. That. I didn't miss it. That's yeah. awesome. Not that yeah. I don't like my chocolate yeah. eclairs and all yeah. that stuff, but it just, I didn't The chocolate mafia it. won't come after you for saying <laughs> that. It's okay, Patrick. But, yeah. I didn't think of it. I, I didn't miss it when I was at your place. Well, thank you. That's yeah. awesome. And so for me, not having that um, bracket of, of sale, I mean, mm-hmm. chocolate is incredibly lucrative but it's also incredibly destructive uh, community wise communities all over the world so much tell us about that well there's so much slave labor involved Mm -hmm. in the making of chocolate yeah, it's a hard industry. It's a really oh. hard industry. So, if you're going for the, like the fair trades and all of that stuff, then right. you start getting into farms that are, you know, being treated well and getting paid a living wage. Right, right. right. And when you're talking about fair, mm. you know, fair trade chocolate, it's not as organized as mm-hmm. fair trade coffee. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when you start kind of dialing down and trying to find fair trade sources, mm-hmm. it gets tedious and expensive yeah. uh, especially if you throw organic in there right right yeah. uh, but we don't have to worry about that 100 mile bakery because we don't have any cacao trees up here and the yet. other thing yeah yeah <laughs> there's somebody listening who's going i can grow those right yeah well, okay. well here's the thing that i want more than that i want an oil crop i want an oil crop that's versatile yeah. Mm-hmm. That's and what I was wondering. How do you handle oils? Because I know you have some really wonderful vegan options. I, and I don't put much fat so in. There's not going to be much fat. In my vegan yeah. options, the, the fat c- comes from nuts, seeds, mm, and that, that kind of natural uh, well, origin. Yeah. I know they can grow and do olive trees here in Oregon. Yeah. They were announcing that a couple years ago at uh, uh, Master Gardener. Yes. And they showed us pictures and, oh gosh. Yeah. I'm trying to think that might that might have been like five years ago. Uh huh. Yeah. So I don't that's, know if they're ready to produce yet. Well, Oregon Olive Mill put their trees in about I think maybe ten years ago. Ten years ago. Okay. I'm, I'm guessing when they put them in because I found out about them about five years ago mm-hmm. when they were just getting going and offering olive oil tastings, right. mm-hmm. and now they yep. are they are in production. 
they're, they make oil. They do import some of the olives from Northern California, uh, mix it with the olives that are in their orchard. Why? Mm-hmm. Because there's not enough olives yet. It takes oh. years and years and years okay. to get enough olives out of an olive tree oh. in the ground to make yeah. oil. Mm-hmm. And California has got a really strong, healthy olive um, oil producing industry, mm-hmm. I guess is what you'd call it. But yeah. they, they produce some really incredible artisan olive oils that are at this point starting to rival, I think, the Europeans. Right. Especially with the scam about the, the tainted right. olive oil. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, what I know about the Arbicina olive oil at Oregon Olive Mill is that it is some of the best olive oil I've ever tasted. Mm. And so mm-hmm. I love using it. So we do use that product. And that mm-hmm. is a, you know, it is a, it's a vegan salad dressing option. Okay. Um, but I would love to see someone growing sunflowers. Sounds crazy. Because <laughs> it's like, is that possible? You I don't know. Poppies. Right, you got poppies, right? Yeah, you got, sure. you got your hazelnut oil. Yeah, you got your what is the other one that you just said? Uh, oh, sesame, sesame. sesame yeah, I know. That, I doubt they're doing any kind of sesame oil yet, but just you wait. Just, right? Yeah, just gotta wait a few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that is a real trial is only using honey as a sweetener. Yeah, um, I can see that. Being a baker, that's correct. The liquid Mm -hmm. nature affects everything. They have honey crystals. Those aren't really, that's not really just honey. Oh, Mm. educate me. It's honey mixed with sugar (sighs) in order to crystallize it. Foil, Mm. so you would foil the end. Jeez. I know, it's cute. Would that be cute? Mm. Yes, I guess I was lured. Yeah, I suppose if you had raw honey that you kept, like, just kept on the counter, it will eventually crystallize. Often I've had that happen, right? Which gives you, but it's still not a granular texture. No, and it's still got the liquid, still got yeah. the amount of liquid. Yeah. Um, so making the quintessential oatmeal cookie, I still <laughs> have not been successful with getting a recipe where I can work around that, that would be liquid a content. Yeah. Okay. Well, what about the beets? So Beet there are beets grown in the valley. Yeah, there um, are. They're all genetically modified. I was going to ask. Uh, and at the bakery, we choose genetic. not to use yeah. genetically modified. If we know it's genetically modified, we're not going to support that route. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So that was quite a scandal, the GMO beet issue. It's it's a scandal. So yeah. when you said beets, I was thinking the red beets. I was like, oh, I suppose yeah. they are sweet. Sugar beets. And there, are, there is a lot of sugar <laughs> sweet, right? in beets, and that's but what we tend to but do. They're red. Is, <laughs> you know, they're red. We use a lot red. of things that are already naturally sweet. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's yeah. kind of how we get around that. But um, it's interesting being away from baking with beet sugar for a number of years now, and even cane sugar. I realized that I'm not sure I would even necessarily go back to it. Because honey is pretty amazing. I just, mm-hmm. I love it. And I'm not sure that granulated sugar can give you everything that honey can give you. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I you're saying there was a downside. The it, liquid the, part. The, the recipes are, yeah, they'll never, oh. they're not the same. Okay. I so you kind of like redo every single different. one. Every texture. single recipe yeah. is mine. Okay. Yeah. So it starts with an idea, concept, you read a mm-hmm. recipe, and then you have to adjust for the sugar and you have to adjust for the grain. Mm-hmm. We would like to uh, work on publishing your cookbook when you're ready. Oh, yeah. <laughs> great. Yeah, yeah that's that's right. cool. There's some, I think there's some opportunities there. Yeah, it could be, it could be fun. Huh. Wow, that's pretty intense. 
But what is the, the forecast for you're looking ahead a little bit? Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I, I love the idea that there's seeds on my table in my house. I'd like for them to be in the ground. And mm-hmm. uh, right now I live on a city lot and uh. eventually the acquisition of more land to, to be farming would be ideal. Mm-hmm. And, and being able to focus on the educational aspect of what I'm doing as well as um, all of the other pieces that go into running a sustainable business mm-hmm. and sharing that on a, on an educational level with other food entrepreneurs is what would um, be my, you know, uh, cherry on top of the, your locally grown cherry on top of the, okay. That's it. Very good. Up of the locally good. grown pie. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I'll take a piece of, piece of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you very much for joining us on Real Herbalism Radio. Thank you for having me. Yeah. People can go to your website, 100milebakery.com, and check out some of the splendid things that you have. I've seen a couple of videos and your teetering stuff and just... Uh, uh, some pictures of what it looks like. And you're open Monday through Friday or Monday through Sunday, all every day of the week kind of thing? Uh, Monday through Saturday, 9 okay. to 6. 9 to 6. And we're open till 7 through the end of the farmer's market on Fridays. Okay. Mm, pretty yummy. Well, uh, for the more information and links and resources, you can check out our show notes at realherbalismradio.com and sign up for our free newsletter, which includes links to recipes, how-tos, and our ebooks written by the Practical Herbalist, as well as some detailed information on topics that we discussed on this podcast as we publish them on realliberalismradio.com. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and on Pinterest. Thank you. Thank you, Lita. Yeah, thank you. Now, this is an expensive hobby we got here, Patrick. How can people help us keep going? Well, that is, it is true that we all have full-time jobs and we do this on the extra, on the evenings when we're recording this podcast, for example. So if you're looking for a way to help us to keep doing what we like to do, um, you can support us using Podbean. Podbean is a way for you to make small incremental monthly payments uh, through a website and through your credit card. And you can get access to that from realherbalismradio.com. And there's a little badge on the right-hand side that says Podbean on it. So it's automatic? Almost. You click on it, and then you can choose the support level. $2, $5, $10 a month. And We'd take more, right? Well, we would take more. Sure. I've only got the 2 5 and 10 oh, set okay, up. okay, okay, okay. Right. <laughs> I'm hoping for quantity. Right, right. <laughs> so that's the best way that you can support Real Herbalism Radio right off the bat is to help us um, defray some of our costs to get this great information out to you.